Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Today, I want to minister, if I possibly can, on overcoming spiritual barrenness. Overcoming spiritual. Can you all hear me real good without me having to raise my voice or lose my voice? Overcoming spiritual barrenness. There are a lot of people in the church that are barren. Oh, Jesus got quiet, didn't he? There are a lot of people. They're in the church, but they're barren. Their womb is sterile. And biblically speaking, barrenness is a curse. Because everything that God is in and touches bears fruit. The reason he ordains for men and women to come together as husband and wife, it is for the enjoyment of each other. He created that enjoyment, but also in that enjoyment is to bear fruit. And in the church, there are a lot of people who come to church, but they're barren. Their womb is dry. Dead. Non-productive. Oh, Jesus, it's gotten quiet. Because if all God intended was for us to get saved so we could go to heaven, then the day we got born again, we should have transitioned. The reason we didn't transition is because after we became born again, there was something we were supposed to be doing. Bearing fruit. But you cannot bear fruit with a dead womb. Jesus. Outside of your salvation, one of the greatest joys for a believer is to lead somebody to Christ and to disciple them to the master. It's amazing how many people in church who have never birthed another child. They have not birthed anything because they're barren. Barrenness means that they're sterile. Oh, Jesus. Also, I'm under the convictions that the reason some people do not bear fruit is because they're not really born again. Oh, no scripture. No all Christian mannerism 
but they're not born again. Go to church faithfully, but they're not born again. Because you can't consistently and faithfully live that way and be born again and be comfortable with it. You can't stay with a man that you're not married to and say it's okay unless there's something spiritually wrong. You cannot walk by people and say you believe the Bible and know that if they don't have Jesus in their lives, if or when they die, they're going to hell and you walk by them and it doesn't disturb you at all. It doesn't disturb you perhaps because you're not really born again. You're just religious. And religious people can sing. And sometimes they'll dance, but they're just religious. And you don't hear much about this. You'll hear people saying, I'm a Christian. I'm not concerned about you being a Christian. I want to know, are you born again? There was a man who was a teacher in the synagogue. He was teaching the people who came to worship God on the Sabbath. And he encountered Jesus and came to him at night and said, it's clear to me that no man can do the things that you do unless God be with him. And what is it that I need to do? And Jesus turned to one of the high officers in the church and said, you must be born again. And this religious man named Nicodemus said to Jesus, he said, how can this be? Can a man die and enter his mother's womb again and come out? Jesus said, that which is born of spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And in the church, there are so many who's had a flesh experience and not a spiritual experience. Because, read your Bible, everybody, say everybody, who had and spiritual encounter with God changed. Oh, Jesus. So let's, let's look at something with the oh, two hours and 15 minutes that I have. Let's go to the first synoptic gospel, chapter number 15, 17. Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 7, I'm sorry, verse 17. This is going to bless you. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I just jumped right out of the gate and hit you in the eye and knocked all the fire out of the room. Fighting, overcoming spiritual barrenness. 
There are churches. Harvest Church, check yourself. There are churches that are barren. They're having services, but they're producing no fruit. They're shouting, but nobody's getting saved. They're dancing, but nobody's getting healed. They're making a lot of noise, but nobody's lives are being changed. Now, now you're going to make me preach real hard because some of you are looking at me like, oh, Jesus. And I'm going to, in a minute, I'm going to think it's you. But in Matthew chapter number seven, you there, verse 17, let's look together. And we know in this text, to put it in context, Jesus was dealing with these false prophets. And we have a lot of false pastors today. We have a lot of false prophets. We have a lot of false ministries today. Everybody's trying to start a church because they think it's lucrative. And some people are trying to get in ministry because they've been, they have not been successful in anything else. So, so they get in ministry because they need money. And they're going to have a rude awakening. Because this is not easy when you're called. Or they got a wife who want to be a first lady. Because she thinks that means something. Or they're trying to fulfill some, some, some void in their souls. So he's not called, she called him. And just because you can teach a good Bible study doesn't mean that you're a pastor. Doesn't mean that you're called into the five-fold ministry. And just because three or four or five silly people follow you don't mean you're called. You're not called to lead and they're not called to follow you. But if the blind lead the blind, so you have all this mess going on today. And it's producing all of this spiritual barrenness because we've deviated from the pattern. Pastor submitted to nobody. How are you going to be in the ministry you don't even tithe? How are you going to be in the five-fold ministry and you don't even give offerings? If you go somewhere and preach, how can you take the people's money as an honorarium? Because the honorarium in that church comes from the tithe and the offering. How can you take something you don't believe in? Oh, Jesus. Spiritual barrenness. You in Matthew chapter 7? And so I've already put it in context, didn't I? That, that, that this, this passage is dealing with these false prophets that have gone out. And, and look at verse 17. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree, come on, talk to me. A bad tree bears, so, so a good tree bears, and a bad tree, a good tree, and a bad tree, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot be, bear bad fruit, 
nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Here we go. Every tree. How many trees? I'm calling all of you trees this morning. How many trees? Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down. That's why some folk in church are dead and dry and can't worship and think it's all unnecessary because they've been cut. Sitting in church and you've been snipped. And if we hold service too long, you'll get annoyed. The things of God used to excite you. Now it puts you to sleep. When I would minister, you used to get on the edge of the pew. Now you're all laid back with your hands stretched out like you're watching a movie. You've been snipped. Not because of how you respond to me, but how you respond to him and the messenger that he sent. Ooh, geez. Is this good? Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Here you go. And he's dealing with false preachers, false prophets, false evangelists. False apostles, false prophets. And the text said, you'll know them by their fruit. If I got six babies in the church by six different women, you don't have to pray about who I am. Look at my fruit. You don't have to scratch your head when you get in the hallway about a brother in your church or a sister in the church when after service they're trying to take you to bed. He or she is telling you who they are. You should not be able to get in the church. When you're looking to fornicate, you shouldn't be looking in here. You shouldn't be fornicating in. I think I go to church today. I'm going to try to catch me something. So while we're trying to praise and worship God, you're looking around for a weak one. You didn't come to worship. You came to hunt. And the false prophet can't correct you or chastise you, chastise you, because he's hunting too. Who Jesus? Hallelujah to God. Therefore, listen to this. Therefore, by their fruits, you'll know them. You, you don't have to guess who's with you. Those who are with you is with you on Impact Sunday. 
You know, I got quiet on me. Because I don't know that you're with me because you agree with everything. I want to see how you respond when you're struggling with what I said. That's what's going to de determine if you're really following me or not. Because you cannot follow a leader and understand everything they say. And when God is telling this ministry to do something, he doesn't tell you. He tells me. Oh, Jesus. And if you don't agree, start your own church. I'm okay with that. But don't sit up on me and don't agree. Why are you here if you don't agree? You're acting like a Judas. And eventually, eventually, Satan will fill your heart. Ooh, Jesus. Because familiarity always breeds content, contempt. When you think you know your pastor. It always breeds contempt. Come here, get around me. Let, let me tell you about it. I know him. I've been to his house. Let, let me tell you. Let me tell you about his family. Familiarity always breeds contempt. That's what happened to Judas. Familiarity. He thought he knew him. And he thought what he should be doing was not what Jesus was planning to do, but what he thought Jesus should do and sold him out. And so the word of God says, you are either with me. There's no middle ground. Is this good? Put up nugget number one. God wants you to be fruitful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many today, you're members of Harvest Church? Would you please stand? Boy, I'm so glad to see you. Oh, my goodness, look at this. Thank you, Jesus. How many are excited about being a member of Harvest Church? Hmm? Hmm? Amen. Okay. okay. Where's your fruit? Where, where's, where's your fruit? What side of the church your fruit is sitting on? As a matter of fact, they should be sitting close to you because you're connected. And, and your fruit would get connected because you're connected. Where's your fruit? Where's your, are you barren? Is your womb stir? Have nothing to do with with uh, with 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 your sex. Are you sterile? Oh, I know what I I missed it. Forgive me. I said, how many of you are excited about your church? And you all, yeah. And so I should have said, how many of you are excited about Jesus? Hold hold on now. Are you excited enough about him to tell other people about him? Like you were the other day 
uh, they call it Black Friday. You, you know, where the sales, the sales kick off. Girl, you going? Are, are you, I'm not saying you're not excited, but are you excited enough to tell somebody else about it? The only reason you're on the job that you're on is God strategically placed you there because somebody's there who belonged to him and he's called you to win them to Christ. So if you're not bearing fruit, then you're barren. It's gotten quiet. You're dry. Barrenness means the, the lack of ability to produce. Something is physically, spiritually, psychologically wrong. There's a blockage. Ooh, Jesus. And I'm going to show you in the word of God that one person was using the excuse of barrenness because of their age. And I'm going to show you in the word of God, it doesn't make any difference how old you are. You can have a baby. And if they can have one under an old covenant, they can certainly have one under new. So you older people, y'all better be careful tonight. Because God may release a miracle in your bedroom. <laughs> My wife said not in her bedroom. I agree with you. Please, you may be seated. We put up nugget number one. What was it? God wants us to what? Put up nugget number two. God wants us to be fruitful. Ready? Read. Any person who is disobedient to the word of God will be barren because it is the will of God for us to bear fruit and that our fruit should remain. Religious people don't necessarily bear fruit because they're just religious. But let's, let's, let's look at something, and, and, and I'll close with this. Go to John chapter 15. John 15. I think this will bless you. John 15, verse 8. Quickly, please. John 15, verse 8. Look what it says. He says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear, come on, that you bear much fruit. So you will be. Come on. So my, ooh, Jesus, my true disciples bear fruit. God, this is strong. I know it is. But a lot of people in church, they're just religious. And religion is not relationship. Ha, you'll always know when you're converting to just being religious, you'll lose your love to study the word. And you'll find you'll have 
little or no prayer life at all. You're just religious. And soul winning is out of the question. And putting your hands to the plow in the church, I mean, by and large, you do nothing in your church. Nothing stops if you don't show up. Because you're just religious. Who Jesus. You're just religious. God brought us all together to help one another. To establish his kingdom. To bring people into the kingdom of God. That's our goal and should be our goal and our objective. Yes, look at verse 16. He says, you did not choose me, Steve. But I chose you and appointed you for what? That you should go, go where? And bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, come on. No, no. But you want to ask for stuff, but he's talking about souls. You're asking for cars and houses and more money. And God has already told us that if we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added. Stop spending all of your time praying for God to do something for you. And spend time praying to God to do something for somebody else. Don't you know that which a man sows? That's what you'll reap. If you'll pray earnestly to God, for God to bless somebody else. God will place you in your situation on somebody else's heart to pray for you. Oh, this is, this is good stuff. This, this is good stuff. So barrenness means unproductive of results or gain. Barrenness means incapable of producing offspring. Barrenness means to be dull. Barrenness means to be fruitless. And God called us to be fruitful. Barrenness means fruitless. God called you and I to be fruitful. this good? I said, is this good? Say this out loud. I am. Starting right now. I am a soul winner. I'm telling you, if you will make winning souls a priority in your life, you will be amazed of how God would release blessings, material blessings, into your life. 
Say, I am a soul winner. The Bible says, he who wins souls, come on, that they're wise. Now, let's look at something as I close and dealing with this barrenness. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 11 with the few minutes that I have left. Genesis chapter 11. Ooh, Jesus. You there? And look at verse number 30 with me. This is good. Ready? Three. Read it again. Read it again. Read it loud. But Sarai was what? She was barren. Barren meant what? She had no children. Her womb was dead. Please pay very close attention to the things that I'm getting ready to say next. Because if I am really, first of all, called of God, if I am, and if I have truly been called of God to be your pastor, you cannot take what comes out of my mouth lightly when I speak over you. I don't care what the devil is doing. If God releases a word out of my mouth over your life, it'll change everything. And do not allow what I am to you to get around somebody that I am not that to them. And you let them choke out of you what I am to you. And you'll always know when I am not to them what I am to you. Listen to how they talk about me. Listen for the tone of reverence or the lack thereof. When they talk about me, do they just talk about me like I'm a mere man? Because if you hang around them, they'll change your heart toward me. And that's so dangerous if I am called of God to be your pastor. If I am, notice how I'm being careful with this because I know the crowd, I'm not everybody's pastor. They just come to this church. And they call me pastor, but I'm not their pastor. They just come to this church like they did the church they was going to, they came here. And I understand that. But if I am your pastor, you guard your heart with your life. Because God can say something through me. Not for me, but will change your life and will cause your dead womb to come alive. 
my anointing that's on my life, it will work for you. It'll work miracles for you. I can tell the devil to back up off of you and he'll have to back up. But you cannot get around people who I am just a man and they have no respect or reverence for the call of God that's on my life. Don't know, I'm, I'm in text. I'm not out of context. Amen. Hallelujah. Are, are, are you all with me? Yeah, I know you would. Thank you so much. So Sarai was what? She had no child. Ooh, we got we to finish this. We, we, we're going to finish it. Go, go to chapter 16. I'm, I'm done. Chapter 16. Look at verse number one. Now, Sarah was what? She was barren. Why was she barren? She had no child. Look, look, look at, uh, what did I say? Look at verse what? Look at chapter 16, verse number one. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, who was she? Had bore him. Come on, talk to me. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was a hag, Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram said, good idea. Hmm. Notice that Abram going into Sarai's handmaiden, listen now, Notice, it was Sarai's idea, not God's. Now, now don't get all out of sort over this. This practice was common in those days. But Sarai was not common. The hand of the Lord was on her. Touch three people and tell them, you're not common. You're, you're not common. <clears throat> yeah, you're not common. You, you, you're not common. Now, in Genesis 18, look at verse 12. Genesis 18, look at verse 12. Therefore, Sarah laughed 
within herself saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? And this is the word of the Lord to some of you today. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And God called Sarah on the carpet and said, when the angel of the Lord visited you and told you at the time of the month of childbearing, you're going to bear a child, a son, you laughed. And when God confronted her, she lied. And said, I, I, I didn't laugh. Just like I've spoken words to you that you didn't understand at the time. And it sounds far-fetched and impossible. But it came to pass. If you stayed out of sin. And the angel of the Lord said, you did laugh. I gave you a word and you laugh. Be careful, Harvest Church, when a man or woman of God give you a word and you laugh. Be careful, Harvest Church, when God visited you late in the midnight hour with a dream or a vision. And you look at what God said to you at three in the morning and you laugh. Or you don't write it down because what God had just given you a vision of doesn't make sense. God, the vision you gave me, how can this be? Have you seen my pockets? God, how can I do this dream that you've given me? Have you seen the size of my enemies? So notice in Genesis, we're Genesis 18. Did we look at verse 12? And the Lord said to Abram, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Oh, God. Now, now notice, Harvest Church, that God said to Sarah that you're going to bear a child. And Sarai shifted the responsibility onto somebody else. Just like if you're not careful, you'll shift the responsibility of soul winning. Oh, let somebody else do that. That's not my lane. I'm not called to do that. If you're saved, you are. Uh, my personality I don't, I don't quite fit that. If you're saved, you, it's not about your personality. That's why God called us and charged us to get filled with the spirit so that we can take on his personality, so that we can have the boldness of a lion to go out into a wayward world and snatch people out of the hands of the devil and place them into the kingdom of God. 
to God be the glory. That's the purpose of being filled with the Spirit. It's to, to deliver you from being passive. To being bold. Because when you get full of the Spirit, you get bold. Ooh, Jesus. Is, it, is this good? I said, is this good? So Sarah, she tried to overcome barrenness the wrong way. God didn't say go into your handmaiden. God said, you're going to have a child. And some of you this morning, you're trying to do something God said, but you're trying to do it your way. Holy Ghost said, say that again. You're trying to do something that God told you to do, but you're trying to do it your way. God called you to do something, and you're looking for a Hagar to make it happen. Is anything too hard for God? And Sarah said, I'm old. Not only am I old, but my husband's old. He is so old, Vi Viagra can't do nothing with this. And God said, why are you laughing? And God says, is anything too hard for me? Your marriage is not so bad that God can't fix it. He cannot fix it because you refuse to believe. You don't have to die. Jesus came that you might live a full life, but you will die because you won't believe. Cancer doesn't scare God. COVID-19 doesn't scare God. anything too hard for God? Your life can change. Things can get better. And it will get better if you'll believe. You are just one download from heaven of an idea that'll change your life. Barrenness in your finances. Barrenness in your relationships. Barrenness in your mind. Barrenness in your money. Just barrenness. And it's a curse. But from this day forward, I command your womb your womb of your finances, your womb of your relationships, the womb of your sound mind. Are you listening to me? Hey, man, I commanded to come alive and start producing for you. There'll be no barrenness. There'll be no, bar There'll be no more barrenness in your life. You'll stop laboring and not seeing the fruit thereof.
you can still have a baby. The Holy Ghost is talking to somebody. I don't care what the doctor said. The doctor's not God. The doctor said Abraham and Sarah couldn't have a baby. They were too old. But God came in and changed everything. And if you allow God to come into your situation, he'll change everything. Cause that wayward husband to come home. That wayward wife to come home. That wayward daughter to come home. That wayward son to come home. There's nothing too hard for God. Oh God, you don't have to die. You don't have to die. Stop making plans to die. You don't have to die. Stop making plans to die. You don't have to die. There's no sickness that can take you out of here. The greater one lives on the inside of you. You do not have to die. Quit claiming cancer like you own it. You know I got cancer. You don't got nothing but healing. Quit claiming sickness like you own it. You know I got heart trouble. No, my heart is strong. Stop claiming sickness and get off the phone Telling everybody around the country all the stuff you're on. You know, girl, I got arthritis. I don't got nothing but healing. The Holy Ghost just put new oil, 3-1 oil, on my knees today. My back is fine. Quit owning sickness and disease. You know, I got intestinal problems. Quit claiming it. Claim your healing. You know, my husband's acting up. No, my husband is acting right. Quit claiming what you don't want. And it, who Jesus, if you will ignore it, it will go to another house where they'll pay attention to it. Why? Because nobody likes to be ignored. Somebody got that. So when those symptoms raises his head, ignore it and say, Lord, I thank you. I'm the healed. When that pain try to grip your body, no, no, devil, I'm healed. No, not today. I was healed three weeks ago when I asked God to heal me. And the Bible says, if I believe that I receive when I pray, I'll have it. So I'm not trying to get healed today. I'm thanking God that three weeks ago, he healed me. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. Is this, is this good? I said, is this good? I have two other things. I'm going to remove the one and just do this last thing. You really need to sit down to, 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 to hear this. Go to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. When I, I've been gone a little while. You all can give me a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
Are you in 2 Peter? Yeah, I can't let me just give it off on this. Uh, three, nine, four. I, I, for those who are following me, I've just like, I've got to do this. In 2 Chronicles 20, 20 and 20. <clears throat> yeah, I have to do this. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. <clears throat> so they rose early in the morning, went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Ju Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Here we go. Believe in the Lord your God, Harvest Church, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets. Not people saying they're a prophet, because there are a lot of false prophets. But, but, you, but you must believe his prophets. There are a lot of false prophets, and you shouldn't be listening to a false prophet. That's why you should be walking in the spirit. You shouldn't be allowing anybody to speak over you. And for God's sake, don't let just anybody put their hands on you. There's people who want to pray for you and they're crazy. I know that you don't like that word, but it's the truth. There are people in church who, I mean, quote scriptures and all that, get you out in the hallway and want to prophesy to you. And, and they're not mentally sound. I call them bootleg preachers. And they always go to the weak, silly ones because the strong ones can spiritually discern them. So when cuckoo birds are always coming to you, check yourself out. Why are they always coming to you? You all are laughing, but I'm really speaking truth because people have been hurt in church because they always try to come off like they're spiritual, more spiritual than the leader. They always got a word from God for you. And this is the thing that I always guard, Dad, Dad Clayton, is that most of the time these people who try to operate like that, their personal lives are all jacked up. And most of the time they're poor and they don't pay their bills. And if they're married, their marriage is all jacked up. She's out there running around in the streets calling herself doing ministry and her husband that's home and he's hungry. And I'm not just talking about naturally either. Not raising the kids because she's out there trying to be spiritual. Now, some of you ladies look at me like, why are you just addressing? Because most of the time, it's women who engages in that kind of stuff. Church is over, service was high, God moved, and they got a word for you in the parking lot. Girl, let me tell you what God told me about you. No, he just spoke to me in service.
God told me you was going to get a man. Wait till you get one first before you come tell me I'm going to get one. Foolishness. Foolishness. But people are unskilled, who are unskilled with the word of God, they get trapped in this stuff. They're not spiritual, they're strange. And spirituality is not strange. And I've also noticed a lot of them who try to be spiritual like that don't tithe. Now how is God doing all that talking to them and they don't even support the work of the Lord? Kids run all around unchecked unattended to. The girls look like they need a hair comb. Their sons look like they need a haircut. But she's spiritual. You're not spiritual, you're spooky. And, and baby saints... And I say baby because they could have been in church 30 years and they're still a baby. They get tricked by him. They get seduced by him. Or the Holy Ghost is doing something today. But believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. If you're poor in this ministry, year after year after year after year, and I'm teaching you in the gifts that I've brought into this ministry from Apostle Price to Dad Thompson, Bishop Jake, and I go hit Dr. Roy and all Dad Hagen, who dad, all these, and I mean, your life is still, come on, you're not following me. You're not listening. Because how can this word be affecting my life and other people's lives in this church and yours stay the same? You're not listening. Or you're listening, but not listening with an intent to do. They heard the word, the word of God said. They heard the word, but it didn't profit them. Because they didn't mix it with faith. Are you in 2 Peter? No amplification, just let me read it. Uh, 2 Timothy, chapter number 1. 2 Timothy, chapter number 1. Look at, uh, this is it. Oh God, thank you Lord. Because it would be wrong to close the service and I've talked to you about barrenness and then not give you the word of God on how to remove yourself from having a barrenness life. There are things you have to do to remove yourself from being barren. 
Are you all with me? Look at the, what did I say? But look at verse five. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Here we go. For if these things are yours, and abound, you will be neither, come on, nor unfruitful. So now we got the answers. We got the answer to how to be barren. I mean, how, I mean, we got the answer to how to be fruitful. We also know that if we are barren, these things are lacking in our lives. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. Oh, my. So if these things be in you, what things? If these things be in you, you won't be barren. What things? I, I don't want to live a barren life. I, I want to bear fruit. I want to stand before God and say, God, look with what you gave me. Look what I produced. God, with the gift that you gave me, God, look what I did with the gift. Because we all are going to stand before God one day and give an account. God, with the gift that you gave me and the talents that you gave me, I, I didn't have what this brother had or that sister had. But with what you gave me, Lord, this is what I produced. What's going to be your testimony? Because you are going to stand before God one day and God is going to ask you to give an account for what you did with what he gave you. Are you going to stand before him like Sarai before she became Sarah and say, God, I mean, I'm here, but I don't have nothing. I don't have nothing to show you that I've done. I don't have anybody to point to in heaven that you use me to get them up here. Boy, the Holy Ghost says, say that again. God, I don't have anybody to point to in heaven that I can point to and say, God, because of what you did for me and through me, uh, Shirley's over there. And, and that, that whole family back there just dancing over there in that corner, that whole family. I won her husband to the Lord. He went home and won his wife, and the husband and wife won the children. They, they, they're over there. But, God, it started with what you did in me, God. And I just want you to know I'm in heaven. I'm glad about it, but that's my fruit. I wasn't just saved, but I bore fruit. Oh, Jesus. So if these things be in you, what things? 
What things? Not externality of religion. What things? What things be in you? Not religion or liturgy. What, th- what things have to be in you and me that we won't live a life of barrenness? You better listen because some of you in this room right now, you are barren. You have birthed no children. Your womb have been sterile till today. And if you had any spirituality at all, you can feel your womb trying to come alive. If you'll stop doubting and start believing. And just believe that God can and he will use you. If you yield to him. What things? What things do you and I have to have so our lives will not be barren? What things? Faith? Courage? Knowledge. We just read it in the text. Here's one. Self-control. Self-control. You're not out of control. Self-control. You'll bear fruit if you exercise self-control. You're not always going off the handle. You're not always fussing. You're not always going off on somebody. Why? Because you exercise self-control. You're not always giving somebody a piece of your mind. Because you exercise self-control. You're not in fornication or adultery. Why? You exercise self-control. You're not cussing somebody out. Why? You're exercising self-control. Somebody's lying on you, you don't lie on them. Why? You're exercising self-control. You don't tear your marriage up with your mouth because you just have to say it. God, I can sense you telling me to hold my peace, but Lord, I got to let this one go. No, you have to exercise self-control. Maybe God will let you say it, but not today. If you say it today, it's going to tear your house up. If you say it at the right time when the person you're talking to is better in a position to receive it. But you have to be willing to exercise self-control. I heard what pastor said today, but bless God, I'm I'm saying this. No, exercise self-control. Patience. Godliness. Talking about other people is not godly. When somebody get around you, And you talk about somebody else and that person walks away from you not liking the person that you just talked about because of what you said. That's that's Lucifer. Had a person, I want to say it a certain way. I had a couple people come to me and said, I have to get away from a certain person in this church. 
If I get around them pastor the way they talk, I mean, I, 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 I would get disconnected. And they're close to me. They're not saying what you're saying. I'm not pointing anybody out. I just want you to know I know. Patience, godliness, and a love for the brethren. It's in the text. If these things abide in you, you, you won't be barren. And notice, it's not just a love for the brethren, but it's a love for sinners. Because some Christians hate sinners. Hate the sin, but don't hate the sinner. Jesus got in trouble because he loved sinners. I know some of you are going to struggle with this because you don't read your Bible, but he went over sinners' house and drank with them. And the religious folks got him. Look at him. He's an old wine bibber. They had a problem with John the Baptist. He didn't drink. He was out there in the wilderness, I mean, eating honey and locusts. And they talked about him. So Jesus came along and Jesus would drink with them, go to their house and eat their food. And the religious folks had a problem with him. Look, look at him. And, and look at that woman down there. Look, look at that woman crying at his feet. And then she got the nerve to take her tears and then take her old stinky hair and, and wipe his feet. And Jesus, he, he, if he really was a prophet, if he really was a man of God, he would know that that woman at his feet is a whole. If he really was a man of God, he would know that that woman that's hanging around him was a whore, was a prostitute. So you got to love people. You're not bearing fruit because you don't love people. All you love is you. That's why all your time is on you. That's why you don't win anybody to Christ. You don't have enough time for them because all your time is for you. And some of you become comfortable with it. You think it's acceptable to God. And God hasn't changed his mind. Harvest Church. This ministry was founded on Luke 10-2. I was in the service just like you. When a man of God stood behind his pulpit and gave a charge to this church. But if you listen, he also gave a charge to me. By the Spirit of God, he said, get back to what you were doing when God first released you. And I'm back. And I'll no longer tolerate being in a service where nobody's getting saved. Nobody's getting delivered. Given all the calls, nobody comes. Because you're preaching to a church full of folks who are barren and sterile. 
They're saved, but they're not concerned about anybody else. But if these things abide in you, then you'll not be barren. But you'll be fruitful. And it is God's will that we bear fruit and that our fruit should remain. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.